Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. There's something about that name. And there's still something about that name. That's why the disciples were called in after great miracles occurred. And they said, by what authority did you do this? They said, remember the man that you put on the tree that you crucified through his name. This man stands before you whole through faith in his name. This man stands before you whole. You know what they told them? Said they would have killed them right on the spot. They would have stoned them to death. But they feared the people because they could not deny that a mighty miracle had been wrought in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. So they charged them, threatened them with death, would have killed them at the moment, but they threatened them with death. And they said, don't you preach or teach anymore in that name. You know why? Because Satan is not, atheism is not his primary tool to get people to believe there is no God. That creates a spiritual vacuum. And it didn't work in Russia because many are coming to Christ in Russia. It did not work in red China where children are raised under Marxism and communism, which has atheism as the primary counterpart to that. Amen. So there's a mighty revival in China today. The underground church is flourishing in China while the above ground church in America is faltering. Isn't that amazing? The church under pressure is flourishing and the church that is got it made in the shade with lemonade, amen, is not praying, seeking for revival, not being stirred. It's faltering. The churches and many are compromised today in America. But in China, God is moving by his spirit because atheism creates a spiritual vacuum. So, so any religion that people will buy into, Satan promotes. That's why somebody said, why is Christianity fought like it is? And other world religions seem to flourish without all of the persecution that Christianity gets. It's because Satan promotes them. He doesn't fight them because he wants you, he wants me, he wants anybody to get a hold of something that doesn't save, but gives someone a false sense of security. Amen. You know what Jesus said about those that were promoting false religion without Christ? He said, you can pass land. You're highly missionary minded. You can pass land and sea to make one proselyte, which is a conversion to your particular brand of religion or faith, a proselyte. You, you can pass land and sea to do mission work to get somebody to believe on your, your means of salvation. And when you make one conversion to that, you make him twice the child of hell as you are. So this idea that pick your religion, if you're sincere, all roads lead to the same God. Jesus said, no, it doesn't. Don't buy into that and don't believe that. There is one God and one mediator between God and man, and that is Jesus Christ. That's why they told them, Talk about God in generic terms. Pick any kind of title religion you want to tag on to God. Call him Muhammad. Call him, call him Krishna. Call him Buddha. Call him anything you want to. But don't preach or teach 
in the name of Jesus. Why? Because it's the only name that saves. For there's no other name given under heaven to men by which we must be saved than the name of Jesus. So aren't you tired of preachers with influence that could promote the name of Jesus and stand strong getting on talk shows and vacillating? Do you believe you can go to heaven believing that? They're putting them on the spot and they want their praise, their hand clap and their embrace more than they want God favor and they won't tell the truth about Jesus for fear of just not being applauded nobody's threatening to cut their head off put them in prison in America the only threat to them is not being as popular as they want to be maybe they won't get that interview to promote their book on Ophrah if they stand true to the gospel amen isn't that terrible that that's what Christian leadership has been reduced to trying to please the world Please, everybody, don't rock the boat. Don't stand up. These people laid their life on the line for Jesus. And all over the world, people are still laying their life on the line for Jesus Christ today. Can you say amen? I was going to preach a Christmas message. Amen. Because it's the Christmas season. But since my wife told me that the first was Monday because she has an appointment Wednesday and Wednesday is the third, I'm going to blame Pamela. She's not here to defend herself. I depend on people to tell me these things. My wife gets the communion stuff, you know, to haul in here. And she said, it's not until Monday. I said, okay. I didn't even look at the calendar. I mean, after a while, you learn, don't you, Doug? You know, listen to your wife. You don't need a calendar. Amen. Add in the paper. It says brand new. That was back when Britannica was the number one encyclopedia. There was Funk and Wagnalls, which we had, which was the cheaper one. Funk and, sounds kind of funky, doesn't it? Funk and Wagnalls, amen, encyclopedia, real cheap brand. But there also was one called Britannica. That sounds cerebral, amen, and very intelligent. And uh, According to funny ads, true ads in the paper, sometimes they used to read them on Jay Leno's program, and they were reading an ad, and it said, brand new set of Encyclopedia Britannica for sale, never used. Wife knows everything. You'll have, to, you'll have to think about that just a little bit. Amen. Well, obviously, my wife doesn't know everything, so I, I still need to check the calendar. And don't tell her what I said. Don't tell her what I said. We're not taping yet, are we? We are? Don't let my wife see it. Hear it. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. If you'll turn with me for just a few moments to Isaiah 9 and verse 6. Real quickly today. This is the Christmas message, but it is an uncompromised message. Jesus was Lord at his birth, he didn't become Lord as he aged and came to some stage of life where he was given a title like that. Lord is a title in the Old Testament. It is Adonai, and it applied to God himself. In the New Testament, Jesus is not just Jesus Christ. He's the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. So the issue we want to deal with today is not is he lord but is he our lord we want to want to make sure that in this day of such compromise
And it is everywhere. It is in Christian leadership. The things we once stood firm on, people are not standing on any longer. And because of compromise, simply compromise, uh, we're in a situation where people won't publicly declare the most controversial name in all of history. And that's the name of Jesus. To declare that he is. There's an attack on Christmas every single year and it's getting more intense. And here we are in still the attack on Christmas. There is a, a town in Carolina it's the mayor. They're having a Christmas parade. They have a, we're going to have one in, in uh, Plant City uh, coming up soon. I'm going to check the calendar. <laughs> My wife used to tell me when it would occur. But I'll check the calendar to see so I don't miss the parade. Anyway, moving right along. We're, all, we're both aging. We laugh at one another because we're aging. So they don't want to have a Christmas parade. Guess why? There's a name in there. They want to have a winter parade. The mayor says, we want to be, and it's in South Carolina. This is in the Bible Belt. I mean, the buckle of the Bible Belt, almost. South Carolina. And the mayor doesn't want a Christmas parade. Can you imagine why? It's because there's a name in there that the devil has hated from the day he was born. God has given him a name. Highly exalted him and given him a name. And the scriptures declare there's no other name. No God. No angel. No other name given under heaven to men by which we must be saved. That's a cardinal truth. You take that away, it's not Christianity. And yet there are so-called Christian ministers, part of Christian denominations, that will not stand firm on that central issue of the faith. And I wouldn't want to be them because you know why? If somebody chooses another way to heaven than Christ, they're going to hell. There's no other name. Brother Venable, that's blunt. No, that's truth. It's truth that sets you free. It's not compromise. It's not vacillating. Either Jesus is the biggest liar in the universe or his word is true. And you got to decide on that. Everybody has to decide on that. Christian leadership ought to lead and not follow the trends and not try to be. You can't be pragmatic and declare the truth of the gospel. You can't make concessions. You can't compromise. Amen. Without the name of Jesus being the only way. It's not just a denominational thing, an organizational thing. It is the scripture. You might have wants to throw the Bible out. Tear that page out of the Bible. So that we don't have to stand. And yet people are still dying in the 21st century for standing up for Jesus Christ. And it's not just radical Muslims that want to kill them. It's not just ISIS that wants to kill them. It's not just the Taliban that wants to kill them. They would kill us in America if they could because there's a hate 
And it's not just born from human, human nature, but from the devil himself. There's a hatred. There's a hatred. In politics, there's hatred. And a, we think it's just over, over certain political issues, but it goes beyond political issues. Right now, there's someone in office that I, I, keeps shooting himself in the foot and giving the, giving the enemy ammo. And if you don't agree with that, you know, I saw a sign the other day I almost agreed with. Because I don't agree with everything he does. He shouldn't talk so much. He, he just, they, they use, they, you know, it's like he's making bombs and, and for them to throw at him, you know. And, and that's a matter of wisdom. Pray that he gets humility. Pray that he gets wisdom. But one thing, he has God. I mean, you know, when I voted, and I did, I'll, I'll tell you how I voted. I voted for Trump. You did too, and you, I saw how she did it. Just like... <laughs> You probably did what I did. I didn't really, really vote for Trump. I voted against Hillary. And that's all there was. That was the only possible way. He didn't do either one. He said, he said I can't in good conscience. <laughs> I just got to stay neutral. Well, you, you know, not neutral, but it's independent. You voted for me. Thank you. <laughs> Oh, do I appreciate it. I wish. Oh, Lord, I'm not ready for that. Amen. Well, I would if God. I can do all things through Christ that strengtheneth me. Hallelujah. But I saw a sign, a bumper sticker. And, and it said, if you still, if you still support Trump, this is the hatred that's out there. Some of it's comical. If you still support Trump, stay 200 yards behind me because I do not trust your judgment. <laughs> that's original. It's not exactly hate. It's just, you know, it's, it's original. Well, the problem with Trump is not just because he's brash and, and he doesn't use wisdom, and, but there are some deeper issues than that. And some of the deeper issues is involving his particular affiliation with Christian people and Christian organizations. And Christians, regardless of who they are and how deep they are, that are praying for him and and becoming some counsel to him. And I wish they could get to him more. Amen. Amen. But what I'm saying is there's something else going on. This hatred is not just because of different political views. This is a spiritual thing that's going on right now. This is a battle between light and darkness, not just Democrats and Republicans. And I'm not saying Republicans are the light and Democrats are the darkness. But what I am saying is that there is a battle going on and there are forces at work. And there is an enemy that hates everything about Jesus. And when you see a town in the Bible Belt, not in New York City, not, not in Jersey even, amen. But when you see a southern town and a southern mayor 
that says we can't have a Christmas parade. And a Jewish man says, it's okay with me. I'm not offended by a Christmas parade. I'm not offended. I don't celebrate like Christians do Christmas, but I'm not offended. I'm not offended. And yet, after a Jewish rabbi actually said that, the mayor says we want to be all-inclusive, and if we have that name involved in our parade, then people who don't believe, in other words, but you see, Christians are being offended, and it seems to be okay. There's no big deal about offending every Christian in America by coming against the name of Christ. No big deal. But you'd better not use some other names of deities that man-made gods. Amen. You'll have, you'll have trouble like you never had. It's Christians. It's why? It's the name of Jesus. If there was another way to heaven, that would be fine and dandy. But if there's no other way to heaven, then the only place to go when you die is hell. And if I preach a message that is going to, to help the devil deceive someone, because many will say to me in that day, amen. There's a lot of people, obviously, that think they're going to heaven that are not going to heaven. In fact, there are many. Straight is the way. Narrow is the way. Straight is the gate that leads to destruction. And many there be that go in thereat. Oh, no, I'm sorry. Wide is the gate. Broad is the way. But straight. There was a, a singing group back a few years ago called Dire Straits. You get in dire straits, the pressure is on. Through much tribulation, anguish, pressure, we enter into the kingdom of God. There is a pushback. On people following Jesus, coming to Jesus. Where is it coming from? The devil fights it with all the forces of hell. But isn't it good to know that when conviction comes and, the, and God calls and the Holy Spirit calls, all the demons of hell and all the pushback can't keep anybody from coming to Jesus. God will clear the way. God will open the door. God will push every demon out of the way to bring you to Christ. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. There's a greater power. These are not two equals. Amen. Hallelujah. And so they, the, the heat got so strong. Thank God, not only from the Christian community, but from a Jewish rabbi and other people. There's a, a Muslim said, I, we have no problem with Christ's name in a Christmas parade. We have no problem with that. We believe he was a great prophet. Now, before you say, well, that's great. That's fine. They believe when he comes back, he's going to turn the whole world to a Muslim world. Yes, they do. But they do believe he's a great prophet. And they do believe he's coming again, but they do not believe he's the son of the living God and he was God incarnate and he is the savior of the world. Christians need to find out what you believe. Not just because your mama, your daddy, your denomination, you need to find out what you believe. And if your denomination doesn't teach that anymore, you need to start looking.
Amen. For the truth of the gospel. We're in the last day. And deception, as Doug has said so many times online, one of the major signs that we are in the last of the last days is deception like there has never been before. Many false prophets shall go... Go out into the earth and deceive many. This word many is what is bugging me. It's what's bothering me. It's what's so discouraging and disconcerting. Amen. That so many, many false prophets, many will say unto me, Lord, Lord. And many go in there at. It means so many people are going to be deceived and so many people are going to be eternally destroyed and lost. When I say destroyed, I mean banished and punished eternally from the presence of God. Hell is real. As real as heaven. Satan is real. As real as Christ. We've got to get this right. There are things we can be pragmatic about. There are things that we can make concessions, but we cannot compromise on this issue and be a Christian church. And we cannot compromise on this issue and tell the truth. For there is no other gospel that any man can preach than that that has been preached. Amen. Based on the apostles that prophesied of him and the disciples that followed him. Can you say amen with Jesus Christ being the chief cornerstone of the faith and when so many christians follow vacillating compromising christian leadership that will not stand up i forget who he was he was pastor of a mega church and and you know i'm not saying that church had everything just right but this guy did it right and i wish wish i remember his name he needs to be commended But he was on one of those talk shows. And he was asked the question, what's his name, Larry? Larry King? Asked him a direct, distinct question. He said, don't you think it was arrogant of Jesus to declare that he alone is the only way to God? Now, you're on the spot if you're a Christian leader. Shouldn't be on the spot. Should be a simple answer. And see, everybody's wheels start turning. I remember when some guy came on Ophrah and he had statistics about people who pray uh, have less this and less that. He'd written some book. It didn't signify who they pray to. Just so they pray. Jesus is just one of one. If you want to pray Jesus, that'll work. If you want to pray to Krishna, that'll work. Want to pray to Buddha, that'll work. Want to pray to Muhammad, that'll work. And a lot of Christians said, wow, they're talking about prayer on Ophrah. Honey, if they're talking about prayer on Ophrah, you better check it out. Did you know that statistically Ophrah has more spiritual influence on so many, because people are hanging on her books, her guests, what she endorses, because of her, her ability to communicate and her riches and her popularity, that she has more influence than most pastors have, spiritually. Because people are not coming under Bible teaching. With Christian leaders that will stand up for God's truth. 
Jesus didn't come to evoke sentimental feelings. He came to fulfill a prophecy. A prophecy that the devil has never doubted to this day and began reacting to when, uh, when there was wise men, magi, that came seeking because a star guided them. They were not astrologers in the sense of, of people, you know, the astrology, what sign are you born under? I always say the cross. Amen. Ever since I've been a Christian, it has nothing to do with Pluto. Amen. And did they declare Pluto is not a planet? It is a planet. It's a dwarf planet. It's like the widow woman that in the Bible. Remember the widow woman? They believed that God would speak through the cosmos. They believed that somehow the mysteries of God have to do with the cosmos. And as they studied ancient prophecies, there was one that talked about a child coming that would the government would be on his shoulders. And they began to seek magi. has nothing to do with magic. It has everything to do with these seekers of revelation and truth. And people that seek are going to find, according to the scripture. Can you say amen? And God led them by a star. And when the, when the king found out that they were seeking this baby that would fulfill this prophecy, he, he's, he felt political threatened in his kingdom. There was something behind all of that. There was someone behind all that. The king was motivated to do what he did out of fear for his rulership being threatened. The devil was threatened because a prophecy is about to be fulfilled. Amen. That out of the Jerusalem is out of you're the least of the cities of Judah, but out of thee shall he come. Remember what God said, all is not lost. Uh, they have sinned, but I've got a plan. Amen. There's, there's, a, there's a deliverer coming. There's a Savior coming. There is hope for fallen man in spite of, of this seeming victory that the devil achieved in the Garden of Eden. It brought a curse. It let the devil loose down here. It brought death where God never intended it. But I'm going to tell you something. He said something's coming. Something's coming. Your days are still limited. Amen. I'm going to turn this thing around. Amen. Because the, something's coming. You, you, you are going to bruise his head when he comes. The seed of the woman, it's going to come through a human birth down on this planet. A woman is going to bear a child. Amen. This is not going to be an angel from heaven. This is going to be a human being. And he is going to, you are going to bruise his heel. But he is going to bruise your head. Can you say, man, you jump over to the book of Revelation, you can see it so plain. Satan has been cast out of heaven with his tail as a, oh, as a dragon. He is cast out and he, he takes a third of the stars of heaven with him. And he hated, he hated, and he still hates the woman that brought forth the man child. Amen. In the sense of Israel, national Israel, he hates the nation of of Israel you can see it right now every they hate Israel 
Iran is set on the destruction of Israel. They have stated publicly, we're glad the Jews are coming back to Israel so we won't have to hunt them down all over the world to destroy them. And they're building nuclear weapons to do that very thing. And I'll tell you something. They'll never be able to do it because prophecy is something God watches, something that God controls, something that God proves himself to be God over and over. I'm not worried for or about Israel because of Iran's threat and the nuclear stockpile they have to carry it out. You know why I'm not worried? Because he said in the ancient prophecy, we used to do this to shake people up. We used to do this to try to have a revival. Oh, he takes Ezekiel out into a boneyard. He takes him to a valley full of dismembered bones. Amen. And he looks and is full of dismembered bones. And then God says to him, can these bones live? When God asks you about something that he has promised to do, that he has allowed the prophets to declare, he said, I won't do anything that I don't show it first to my prophets. He gets his word in the world, and then he does his work in the world. I don't know if you heard that. He gets his word in here first, and then he watches over it to perform it. But the word comes first. Can you say amen? The word about the seed of the woman was made flesh when Jesus came on Christmas Day. The word was with God. And the word was God. And the word was made flesh. Can you say man? Hallelujah. Jesus was Lord at his birth. He didn't gain that title by overcoming. He came here as Lord of Lords. He came here as King of Kings. The cross wasn't for him to overcome. It was for us to be able to overcome. Hallelujah. God is so good today. And I'm glad that Larry King got the answer from a Christian leader that every Christian leader should be ready to give without hesitation. Don't you think it is arrogant of Jesus to declare? And I see wheels turning. Well, that kind of makes sense. There could be another way. I know some good people. This is not, you can't go there because you're good. Your mama wasn't good enough. Your grandma wasn't good enough. Amen. Sister Teresa or Teresa, she wasn't good enough without Jesus. You can't do enough good works to go to heaven. There's no way in without Him. Every man who tries to climb up every world religion without exception is man trying to climb and call his way to God. Amen. When Christianity came along, God came down to us. Hallelujah. Every other one is is man seeking God for salvation. Jesus came down to seek us to be saved. Wow, what a Savior. Oh, hallelujah. Can you say, man, it's time the church of Jesus Christ in America woke up and it's time that she stood up. And it's time that we got, get of, got rid of denominational loyalties, read the Bible, 
and say, if my preacher don't preach the truth, I'm not going to give him a dime and I'm not going to show up because my soul is worth more than my loyalty to my family or my denomination. I demand it. You can't build a church pretty enough. You, some mega churches have a Starbucks on their property. And guess what Starbucks is doing this year? Instead of Merry Christmas, because it's all about that name, isn't it? Starbucks this Christmas is saying Merry Coffee. Come on. Merry Coffee is what they've instructed. Oh, Starbucks. Oh, they're a piece of work. Amen. First responders went in to get some coffee and they, they, they got cups that said pig on them. That's what they used to call cops back in the 60s when everybody had this rebel attitude. And they said, we're sorry. Oops. There's a culture of hate against authority and particularly against God's authority. Remember what they said before they crucified Jesus? When Caesar, when, when Pilate brought him out and said, behold the man, and he was beaten and bloodied so bad, he thought that will satisfy their hatred for him. But it didn't. It didn't. They said, we will not have this man rule over us. And still, there's a lot of people who name his name as a Christian who will not come under his lordship. And I'm going to tell you something. He's not Jesus Christ alone. He is the Lord Jesus Christ. Can you say amen? And I, I listen, you've got to change. You've got to choose dark, the, the light over the darkness. You change masters when you come to Christ. You can't receive him as your savior and not your sovereign, not your king. Not your Lord. You know what Lord means? Master. So he's either Lord of everything in your life or he isn't Lord at all. He will not compromise that issue. Why callest thou me, Lord, and not do what I say? See, he's not even mouthing the right words. It's a life that, oh, is that sinless perfection? No, that means a Battle is going to go on between the flesh and spirit. When you get saved, there's going to be a war start. There's a law in your members that goes to work. The flesh is going to war against your spirit, and your spirit's going to war against your flesh. So there's a war without, there's a war within. And you need to be ready for battle. You need to put on the penelope. You need to put on the whole armor of God. And you need to want to win this thing. And you need to know what you believe in, why you believe it, and not just the little Sunday school lesson. You need to know the fundamentals of the faith. And you need to know it from Christian spiritual leadership that will stand up for Jesus and stand strong. So when this pastor was asked on television, don't you think, don't you believe it was arrogant of Jesus to declare that he and he alone was the only way to God? And he immediately responded, not if it's true. Not if it's true. If he is, in fact, the only way to God, 
then it's not arrogant to say, I'm the only way to God. If he isn't, then forget it. He's a false prophet. He's a liar. He's a charlatan. He's a fake. Well, we know he's not. So why do we, why do we mince words about that? He said, marvel not if the world hate you. As a Christian, it hated me before it hated you. But he said, you beware, amen, when the world can accept you and embrace you as my follower. He said, if they persecuted me, they're going to persecute you because the servant is not greater than his master. Can you say amen? All those, without exception, all those who live godly, Without exception, there's no undercover Christians. No man lights a candle and puts it under a bushel when you go to work, when you go to the Christmas party, when you enter into the language and the talk around the, the, the water cooler or wherever. Amen. If you live godly, if you walk away, I remember when I went to work for Tampa Electric, I I, I I was so glad that, that when I got out on that line crew, I did a good job, and all those, uh, those guys accepted me. And, and you know, I was, I was a Christian. I was preaching the gospel. I worked for a year at Tampa Electric before I left to become full-time pastor of the Holy Church of God, but I was part-time, bivocational for the first year. Sold my land, sold a mobile home, Moved into a broke-down parsonage, literally, that they came and said, you either got to build it from the foundation up or tear it down because you can't stay in it like this. I mean, that's what we moved into. So a nice mobile home on an acre uh, in Dover was a lot better than what we <laughs> moved into. The termites had weakened the foundation so bad that even when you kill the termites, it doesn't fix the house. But we were glad to be there for Jesus. Hallelujah. And God promoted us. He gave us a, a, what was, what was the, (laughs) what, what was the country music song about the queen of my double wide trailer? (laughs) Amen. Well, Pamela become the queen of my, but everything was fresh. Everything smelled good. Termites hadn't eaten it up. We felt like we were, we were living high. Praise God. Got us a 24 by 50. That's not a big one. Three bedroom, two bath in a 24 by 50. Those are small rooms indeed. But thank God, I was so grateful and thankful. Praise the Lord. We had to make a decision. We had to make a decision. If I leave Tampa Electric and go into full-time ministry, I'm going to be completely dependent on God speaking to people to even get a payday. That's scary. Because some people don't even listen when the Lord speaks to them. Amen. We know that after a while. We figure that out. So, you know, we had to trust that God would send. And for the people that didn't listen, God would send somebody that did listen. And God provided. Somehow we made it. Praise God. 
and God, we never missed a meal. We never pay, missed paying the light bill for the church, our, our own personal light bill. God kept coming through and coming through and coming through and speaking to people concerning us that listened and obeyed. Amen. Praise God. One Christmas come, man, we had given out. We were giving turkeys to other people and didn't hardly have a turkey for ourselves by the time we got through doing that. And, and somebody brought a turkey and a ham in a box to our house and sat it down. And I said, Lord, have mercy. He not only gave me a turkey, but he sanctified the ham for us too. Amen. Praise God. All things are to be received, sanctified by the word and prayer. Hallelujah. Brother Bimba, do you eat for you? I know. I know if you were in the wilderness with no way and it got worms in, I understand that, but we're not under the law. We're under grace, and you ought to thank God for it because that ham was good. (laughs) Can you say, man? Are you glad everything's been sanctified for you? Amen. In the new covenant, all things are to be received when sanctified by the word and prayer. Hallelujah. Kill and eat. (laughs) Praise God. Thank God for the new covenant. Somebody say it again before we quit this. Thank God for Christian leadership that hasn't compromised. I'm not in that cave and thinking I'm the only one jealous for God. There's a bunch of us out there that have not bowed our knees to Baal and will not bow our knees to Baal. Thank God for the people that are leaving their denominations when their denominations vote somewhere to do despite the word of God. Can you say man? Anglican preachers are coming out of the old Anglican church and a lot of denominations in America that are accepting things that God's word clearly condemns are laying down their denominational loyalties, their family uh, affiliations, and saying, we must stand for the truth of God's holy word. One pastor said, their leader, a lady leader who uh, is in a, a, a relationship that God condemns in his word herself, and uh, anyway, it's just so messed up. How can, how can these churches that one time believed the Bible vote to do despite what the scripture says no longer is the bible relevant it's an antiquated old book for an antiquated society and we are in a sophisticated enlightened society and god has changed his mind about his commandments and about what is sin no he hasn't he's the lord god of israel he changes not he's not going to lower the standard to accommodate a culture like our culture is becoming today amen the word is intended to change us we need not change the word of god we must not touch it can you say man any man that takes from the prophecies of this book his name is going to be taken right out of the book of life anybody that adds to you can't add buddha to the list of saviors you can't add krishna to the list i know it's upsetting i know it will get you ostracized i know it will get you criticized it might get you killed before it's over there's no guarantee that it won't And here we are trying to fit in by making concessions on a truth that we have no right to violate. And we will will be held accountable to God. You can't take from it. You can't add to it.
when Billy Graham got in his last days, I'm not critical, Billy Graham was the greatest evangelist a generation has ever known. But when he got in his last days, he was asked that pointed question. Do you believe Jesus is the only way to God? And he said, I used to believe that. I used to believe that. What has changed in the word of God? What has changed in the Bible? When Joel Osteen was asked publicly, do you believe that in these Muslim countries that all those people are going to be lost? He said, well, you know, I... I've met some wonderful, some good people. And, 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 and he insinuated without being perfectly clear. He's insinuated. I, I believe they'll go to heaven. That's one of the most popular preachers. I asked someone about coming to church in a doctor's office because they found out as a minister told them where the church was when my taking my dad for his treatments. I asked someone about coming to church and they said, Oh, I, I'm, I'm doing just fine. I don't need to go to church. I listen to my Joel. I thought, okay, there you are. There you are. I'm not putting him down. I thank God Christ is preached. But what I'm putting down is doctrinal error and people who won't stand up for fear of the repercussions who won't listen the praise of men. The Bible said this about this kind of attitude that is crept in to the church. I pray for these leaders that they will find truth and stand up for truth because they already have the platform to get that truth out if they would just use it. Brother Venable, are you? Look at you and look at. See, this is not about how many people. If the blind lead the blind, it doesn't matter how many people follow the blind man. 100,000 people don't make the blind man right following him. It's not how many follow. The Bible said, if the blind lead the blind, everyone ends up in the ditch. So how many people that follow some trendy preacher trendy new message doesn't make it true doesn't make it right and it doesn't undo what all the martyrs gave their life for this is not just a blood bought gospel this is a blood brought gospel the blood of the martyrs the blood of the missionaries who have been killed to get the gospel to the nations for their faith and are being killed today We can't violate that as a light, trivial thing. This is the last day you can't keep in the name of love. And we're doing it in the name of love. We want to be tolerant of things that God says abomination will send you to hell. And we want to be tolerant of that because we love them more than God does. We know more than God knows. We're more compassionate than Christ is. 
In the name of love, we make the concessions and we feel spiritual. In the name of love, we accept sin that will damn a soul without repentance and declare people saved. And we do it in the name of his love. And that's not how his love operates. You can pass land and sea to make one proselyte, one conversion to your version of faith. And when you do, you make him twice the child of hell as you are. Many false prophets shall go out into the earth and deceive many. And because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. This compromise everywhere you look in Christian leadership and many Christians and the Christian faith is causing a lot of Christians to move away from that real, close, committed walk with Christ. And we do it in the name of love. If you love your child and that child has walked out of your yard and he's got his little dump truck in the street, running it up and down the road, but you love your child too much to upset him or to correct him, your child is going to get run over. Your child is going to get killed because you as a parent didn't love him enough to correct him. Let me tell you something about Scripture. The Bible said all Scripture is given by inspiration of God. It's God-breathed, literally. It's God-breathed. That's why it's eternal. That's why it's like no other word in the world. When you open your Bible, you're getting something no book in the world can give you. It's God-breathed. And Jesus said the words that I speak are more than vernacular. They're more than vowels and, and verbiage. The words that I speak, they are spirit and they are life. Therefore, they are eternal. Heaven will pass away. This earth will surely pass away and be renewed and restored. But my word will abide forever and ever and ever. Can you say amen? We need to get a hold of that and we need to hold on to that great truth today can you say man preach the word preach the word it's a simple command isn't it preach the word preach the word preach the word the word will defend itself Spurgeon said it this way, all the attack on the Bible, all the attack on the word of God, he said I'd sooner defend a lion then try to defend God. God will perform what he promised in spite of all the people and all of the forces of hell that come against it. God is going to watch over it. God is going to perform it. I'm set for the defense of the gospel, but God takes care of himself. In the name of love, we accept compromise. No other name given under heaven to men by which we must be saved. Jesus said, any man that tries to climb up another way is the same as a thief and a robber. Why? Because 100% pure, innocent blood is the only blood that could satisfy the demands of a holy God for justice. Jesus is the only person who never sinned that could offer that kind of sacrifice. Can you say, man, 
I said he was the only person in behalf of fallen man that could walk it out and never sin. Tempted as we are yet without sin. So the blood that was shed on that cross was sinless, perfect blood. Fulfilling the demand for a perfect lamb without spot or blemish or any other thing. Can you say man? And when God accepted that sacrifice, hallelujah, he not only rent the veil of the temple, amen, he raised up Jesus from the dead. There, listen, every other leader of every world religion is dead. They go to Mecca. To view where the remains are, a memorial to the remains of, of the leader of, 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 of the Muslim religion. They make the pilgrimage to there. They go to the Ganges River. They consider it a, a holy river because they took the ashes of, of their man-made God and sprinkled it into the river Ganges. Amen. Look what the devil has done through their God, the poverty and the disease in India and Pakistan stand. Can you say, man, we came here for freedom to worship the true and living God in, in, in the first pilgrims that came over here. And look what God did for America. Look what he's done for America worshiping. Oh, come on church. Look what compare us to the other nations that worship false gods. And look what God's done for this nation, how he's blessed us, how he's kept us. Hallelujah. But we got to keep standing up for him in this nation, particularly the Christian community. I'm blessed. God's been good to me. God's been good to America. Berkeley College in California, when they put up God Bless America after 9-11, they told them to tear it down. In the chapel in one of our major universities, there was a an ancient Bible behind plexiglass on display. They had them take it out of the chapel, a chapel without a Bible. Hath a nation changed her gods, the ancient writer is asked. Or he asks the question, Hath a nation changed her gods? Yea, they have forsaken me, the fount of living water. And they've hewed them out cisterns, broken cisterns that can hold no water. The ancient writer says again, Woe to those. Jeremiah. Woe to those that go down into Egypt for help. Have not asked at my mouth that they might add sin to sin. Sin on top of sin. What is the sin to sin? Because they were looking to Saul's armor. They went down to hire soldiers to come in and buff up their military force. These, these soldiers of fortune who would fight for anybody, for any cause, for the money they would pay them. And they said, we can get seasoned soldiers from Egypt to join us to help us win our battles. And they went down into Egypt. They didn't ask God. And, and he said, they, he said you're gonna, if you do that and continue that, you're going to go to battle thinking you've got everything you need to win. And you're going to fail. I'm going to see to it that you're going to fail. They're going to fall and your soldiers are going to fall. Because you've forsaken. What is the sin to sin? What is the sin to sin? They have forsaken me, the fountainhead of all water, and hewed them out broken cistern. You know what a broken cistern is? 
a broken cistern, they would dig a hole in the ground, line it with clay. And when the rainy season came, it would hold water and they would have water therefore. But when the drought came during the summer, the water would be used up and the bottom of it would begin to crack because of the sun. And now it's a broken cistern because it can rain all day and all night long and it can't hold any water. Amen. You've committed two evils, he said. You've forsaken me and you've substituted someone or something else for me. Amen. And he said, guess what? If you continue down that road, you're going to fail. Your enemies are going to prevail over you because God will not take second place or last place. He will not, when the cisterns fail and Saul's armor fails, amen, come to our rescue unless we come back to him. And you know what we need right now? We need a mighty repentance revival in America. And it begins in Christian universities. It begins in Christian pulpits, not in the world, in the church house, not in the gambling house, in the church house, not in the drinking house, in the church house, not in the cat house. Can you, and that's not for cats, by the way. Can you just to clarify, can you say, man, we need a revival. How many, understand what we're saying today that we need a revival and it needs to start in Christian leadership but it needs to continue throughout the church world we need Christians who are loyal not to their denomination not to the personality of their pastor but to the person of Jesus Christ hallelujah somebody give him praise today Brother Venable, you know you're not going to grow without that. I don't want to grow without that. What have we got without that crucial truth? We've got a building. We've got people. We've got a performance on Sunday. But we don't have the gospel of the kingdom of God any longer. So here we are at Christmas again in the name of that is in that phrase is so upsetting. The devil fears it so bad. Just the name. One elementary school last year, middle school and elementary, you couldn't wear red and green together. You wear red, you can wear green, but you can't wear green and red. Why couldn't you wear green and red? What's the deal? Because green and red are the colors used a lot in Christmas. There's a word in here. Christ. The spirit that now works, not the spirit of anti-religion per se. It's the spirit of anti-Christ. And when it says greater is he that's in you and he that's in the world, Pentecostals in particular, all we see is power. We never see truth like we need to see it. Oh, I got Jesus in me. I don't need to know what I believe. I don't need to stand up for what I believe. I don't even, I don't even, I don't even need to believe correctly because I got power. He that's in me is greater. I'll defeat the devil. Listen. The devil you're trying to defeat is not defeated by pure power, even God's power. It's the wiles. 
The armor is for the wiles. And you don't defeat deceit with power. You defeat it with truth. The armor is so you can stand against the wiles. W-I-L-E-S. If you don't know what you got, the devil don't care. <laughs> if you're just trying to build your faith to overcome and not get the truth down on the inside of you, the liar will deceive you. And that will short-circuit the power. Samson could kill a lion with the power. But he got deceived by a woman's wiles. Didn't he? If you love me, tell me the truth. Tell me what's the source of your power. He could kill a thousand Philistines when the spirit come on him. But couldn't defeat his lust and deception by one woman. And she was a Philistine harlot. This is not the love of his life. This was a false love. She didn't love him. She was hired to deceive him. And with all of that power, they took him captive, plucked out his eyes with the tip of a spear, put him in the temple of their God, and had him going around circles Grinding what an ox would do. This champion of God is reduced to not only a slave, but a spectacle in the temple of their false God because he was deceived and it wasn't an issue of power. So, Quentin are power centered. Thank God there's power available to us. But if you don't know the truth, it doesn't matter how much power you have. The context in 1 John of he that's in you is greater than he that's in the world. Is you don't have any need that any man teach you. Not man's teaching without the Holy Spirit revealing. Amen. For you have an unction, which means a special anointing. Say a special anointing. A special anointing from the Holy One. Amen. When he, the power giver, comes. No, when he, you receive power, all right, but part of it is power to know truth and power to obey truth. And you receive power when the, he, the spirit of truth, comes. He will guide you into all truth. And if you continue in my word, which is the source of that truth, with the Holy Spirit revealing, you'll know the truth. And the truth will make you free. The devil won't be able to lie to you. He won't be able to deceive you. The armor is for the wild. Say it with me, wild. Anybody ever watch cartoons when you were younger? Anybody ever watch cartoons when you grew up? Anybody watch cartoons lately? Not the ones that are out today. I'm a Looney Tune man. I mean, you know, I've been a pastor this long. You've got to love Looney Tunes. Anyway, God is good. But, but who's chasing the roadrunner? Not just Coyote. No, Wiley Coyote. And what is he? I'm serious. This will portray a, this will bring a 
spiritual truth as we close. Wiley, Coyote. Is his name W-Y-L-E-Y? Wiley? No, his, it's W-I, the same word that's used for the wiles of the devil. Why is he Wiley? Because he's always coming up with something to catch him. And it's always concealed. Amen. It's always concealed. He's got this big safe that weighs 3,000 pounds suspended with a pulley over the route that the roadrunner's running. The roadrunner's oblivious to it. He's just running along, you know, beep, beep. Roadrunner, the coyote's after you, you know, and he's beep, beep. And so he, he cuts the rope so it will fall right on top of him, but it don't fall. And so, but that's the trick. But, so he walks out and looks up to see why it hasn't fallen. This is what God wants to do with truth in you. Can you say, man? He looks up to see why his trap didn't work. <laughs> and it falls on him. And it flattens him out. And there's a flattened coyote. He goes off like this, like a pancake, <laughs> walking. Amen. And as funny as that is, as funny as that is, there's a truth in it. You can talk in tongues because tongue-talking preachers fail just like anybody else. When they are deceived, they fall as flat on their face as anybody else. And talking in tongues don't keep them from giving in to lust and don't give in to temptation no more than it did Samson. Amen. When he fell into the same thing, he shook himself as at other times and did not even recognize that the spirit of the Lord had departed from him. But he became as weak as anybody else when he was deceived. Truth is more important than power. When you're dealing with the devil. In fact truth is your power. It's your superpower. Against the enemy. And that's why the Bible said. Not only taking the shield of faith. But taking the sword. I don't have it today. I was looking for it. The sword of the spirit. Which is what? They're all done. They're on their way home. They have been entertained. Now they're going to go fill their belly. Amen. They're all gone. Come on, Pentecostal churches have turned out just like everybody. They're all gone. Truth is not important enough to even get people to a Bible study. Amen. You took care of the Bible study. You know what I'm talking about. Time for a Bible study. That's not in the Christian community now. We want an eloquent, personable preacher Preachers within a time limit so it don't cramp our style. And we're going up against a devil who is a liar and a deceiver, not armed with truth. If you're not armed with truth, you're going to be easily disarmed. Because the force he's using is wilds. And in the Greek, it means his strategy of deceit. His strategy of deceit. He has a trap laid for me. He's been laying traps just like Wiley Coyote. One time a lady came to our church. It's a very attractive lady. It's all right to recognize that God made women prettier than us. And all the men said. Amen. 
And all the men that didn't say amen that want to uh, have, a <laughs> have, a, have a nice rest of the day and maybe a good night said amen. Anyway, listen, God made you all attractive. You have a great responsibility because of that. Lady came to our church. She's a lady preacher. She's very attractive. We had a convention with the, with the Independent Assemblies of God International. We hosted it. Our, our, uh, our denominational, or not organizational leader, not denomination, a fellowship of independent ministries, A.W. Rasmussen, was the speaker. And I was getting ready to go on a mission trip by way of Miami to go to the Miami airport and then fly out. And this very attractive lady came up to me after the service and said, I have a home in the suburbs of Miami. She was single lady. And she said, you could come to my home. I opened my home to pastors and my home would be available to you. You can come spend a night at my house. You won't have to get a motel. You can catch the plane out, call a cab the next morning, go to the airport, catch the plane out. You can come. And you know something? I didn't have to pray. I didn't have to think, you know. I, I mean, no, I'm not. I'm a married man going to spend a night, and I don't care if you're a preacher. It doesn't matter to me. I'm not going to give the. I'm not going to do like Trump. <laughs> I'm not going to give the devil ammo. Don't let your good be evil spoken of. I said, no, ma'am. I'm, I thank you. I thank you very much for offering, but I, I don't. I do not believe that I could do that. I don't believe it'd be a problem. She said, well, listen, this is a separate room. I said, no, no. Thank you so much. You're very generous, but I, 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 that wouldn't be appropriate for me. You got to be cautioned about. That's a trap. Did you think you might give in? I don't know. I didn't go. Best way to not give in is don't go. Can you say amen? I wasn't. I, if, if you're not faced with it, you don't have to deal with it. Well, Brother Bimble, I believe you could deal with it. Well, I'm glad you have that much confidence in me. I don't have that much confidence in my flesh, to be honest with you. I mean, you know, there's there. And plus, it wouldn't look right. And the devil could take it and use it to harm my reputation and hurt my marriage. And I thought, I thought, lady, don't don't even ask me anymore. I'll tell Pamela and that'll be the end of the whole thing. <laughs> you know, not appropriate. Everybody say Good job, pastor. Tell me. Good job, pastor. That's what you're supposed to do. Amen. That's a trap. And then there's the trap of, I've got to hurry. There's a trap of unforgiveness. Something will happen to make you mad enough to spit nails. I mean, mad enough to bite nails in two. And it will not just make you angry. It will hurt you deep inside. And you will get get a grudge or you will get unforgiveness. And your flesh will come up with everything in the world to justify the way you're feeling. But it will begin to erode your relationship with God and your prayer relationship. Amen. It's like drinking poison and hoping your enemy will die it's a temptation and i fell into the trap but i didn't stay in there thank god i came out <laughs> hallelujah and god helped me to come out he helped me to do the right thing 
praise God because he saw my heart. I wanted to do it. I had tried to do it, but I hadn't been totally successful because you've got to crucify the flesh to do it. And your flesh fights back. It don't go down easy. Can you say, man, you've got to put it on the cross. But, oh, what freedom there is. When you apply God's truth and you see those bars and bonds broken and you know you've been set free, praise God. <laughs> Amen. We had a pastor come to our church, and i got to hurry. Time is, we're almost done. But he came to our church. He had established a church in Africa, Brother Don Norman. He came from Oral Roberts University to our church to minister. He had ministered there. There were 46 churches satellited from his seed church in Africa. He is a man of great wisdom. He's preached with great knowledge. He was spirit-filled. He came to our church, and he sat up his tapes and stuff in the back room while I was teaching the Bible class to 12 people, the only 12 that showed up for pastor's Bible class before the service. The only people who cared about getting into the word instead of just getting blessed after the service in a healing line or whatever. And he said, I stopped. I stopped setting up my tapes and told my wife, I want to hear this. And they came out and that honored me. They came out and sit down to hear the Bible talk to them. And I haven't established 46 churches out of ours. But he said, you know what? He said, I went to a house to visit. It was a house call to a lady that was sick. And he said, I went to the house, got out of my car, knocked on the door to pray for her. And said, she opened doors. Member of our church, she opened the door. And she had on a see-through negligee. Nothing underneath. And he said, I wish I could tell you that I wasn't tempted. Now, I'm going to tell you something about temptation. Tempt if you can't be tempted, you're not human. If you don't feel the pull of it and overcome it, you're not human. This is human stuff. We're all human. And he said, I thought, you know, there's nobody. See, but God knows. God knows. He said, Pastor, I felt, a, I felt like if I go in there, if I walk over that threshold, if I step over that threshold into that room and try to change the setting to something spiritual and say a prayer, when the setting is clearly a trap set for me, he said, I, I, I don't know. He said, I wish I could say that I could go in there and change the atmosphere and say, I'm going to lay hands on you in the name of Jesus. And oh, by the way, go put a robe on. No, he stepped back. You got to, you, you need truth and you need the, you need to recognize traps. That was a trap. And he said, he said, I told her, ma'am, I'm going to pray for you right here. And he said, I said my best prayer of faith for her help for what she needed. Got in my car, backed out of the driveway. And as I was headed back to my home, I passed her husband coming in his pickup truck. And he said, just imagine just being in there with her dressed like that 
if he walked through that door, we wouldn't have had to done nothing. It was a trap. It was a trap. It was a trap. It's the wilds that the armor is for. Paul said, I buffet my body. I don't fight as one that beats the air. I buffet my body. I bring it under subjection. Lest after having preached to others, I fall into the trap. Listen, lest having preached to others, I myself become a castaway. Can you say amen? After preaching truth to others, but not applying truth to my own life. Being a preacher don't insulate you. In fact, I've had more opportunities to sin since becoming a Christian. I went out looking for sin before I became a Christian. Anybody here was lost before you got saved? I went out looking for sin. And some of you went, me too. (laughs) I know you did. We all did before we came to Jesus. We were of our father, the devil, his works to some extreme, some more than others, but all will do. But when I became a Christian, it all changed. What changed? Sin came looking for me. More opportunities to sin came to me after I came to Christ than they did before I came to Christ. Why? Because now the devil says if he keeps living like this and preaching God's truth, people are going to come to know God. His witness and testimony, like every Christian's witness and testimony, is going to light up the pathway of salvation for others. They'll see your good works. That's not philanthropy. That is not doing good deeds. It's about following Jesus. It's in the context of how you follow Christ. It's those works that is the light to the world. Because people without God serve in soup lines. People without God give money to charities. Can you say, man, you don't have to be a Christian to do that. There's no witness. Others are doing it. Bill Gates gives millions to charity. And they ask him about his faith. And I hope it's changed. But he said, just in the allocation of time, I don't have time for religion. Gives more money than anybody to charities. That's not the good work Jesus is talking about that identifies you as a Christian. The good works he's talking about is becoming a disciple and following Jesus. Do you get that? There's no substitute for following Christ as a witness to the world. Particularly in the way we treat one another. By this shall all men know that you're my disciple because of your Love for one another. Can you say amen? It doesn't matter how many good works you do. What really identifies you is how you treat your brother and sister in Christ. And that's the good works. It's the discipleship. It's following the master's pattern. Hallelujah. So, I could tell you about a lot more traps that have been set in all of these years. And the devil never lets up. He's still setting traps. There's traps of discouragement. 
there's traps to get you so discouraged if you if you go with the flow of it if you let the devil pull you into it amen he will get you into a state of depression and discouragement and when you're discouraged it doesn't matter how much power you have that's why paul told timothy stir up the gift that is in you by the laying on of hands he had gotten discouraged and all of those gifts that were in him by the holy spirit that were granted him for the purpose of ministry by the laying on of hands amen when he was discouraged he had faith but he wouldn't use his faith see it was deception and paul told him you got faith he's deceived into thinking because he was discouraged he didn't have any faith he said you got faith you got faith. It was in your mama. It was in your grandmama. And it was in you. Why? Because from a child thou hast known the Holy Scriptures. Faith comes how? And hearing by what? And from a child what? You've heard the word. You say it plain. Say it again. He, he heard the word. The Holy Scriptures is the word. He heard the word, so I know you got faith. You can't hear the word and receive it and not have faith because faith cometh by it. You think you don't have any. The devil's deceived you. Stir up with what? With the faith you have, the gift that's in you, because they all operate by faith. By the laying on of hands, because God did not give you the spirit of fear, but power, love, and a sound mind. He fell into the trap, but thank God he got out of it. And Timothy went on and preached the word instant in season, out of season. Hallelujah. As a, a wonderful man of God, disciple of Jesus. <laughs> a pastor wrote me, oh, we got to hurry. It, we got to stop. A pastor wrote me the letter, said, I'm turning in my credentials. He was an evangelist, actually, with the Church of God said, I'm turning in my credentials to the headquarters. I feel defeated. I feel like a hypocrite in the pulpit. I feel like that what I'm preaching, I'm not really living up to. I feel like God won't answer my prayers. I feel like God has abandoned me. See, all of those feel like this is deception. It's a trap. I feel like God couldn't use me anymore. He said, he said, I was ready. He wrote me the long letter, and he said, I was ready to turn in my credentials as a minister and give up, just like Timothy. He said, but I heard your testimony of how you went through nervous exhaustion, and you felt like you couldn't touch God, and God wouldn't touch you, and you got deeply discouraged. And how God took you through that and brought you through that, as painful, he said, as it was to you. You kept trusting God and you kept believing in spite of it. And God brought you through. And he said, and, and I looked at that and said, I'm not the only one that's felt this way. And God brought him through. And I believe God's going to bring me through. And he said, I tore that resignation up. I asked God to refill me with the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. And send me out again. And he said, I'm going out with a stronger faith than I did before I got discouraged. He said, if it's any consolation, Pastor, through your pain, I have been healed. And I just said, thank God, devil, you lost again. You lost again. Your wiles 
didn't work like you wanted it to because somebody told somebody there's hope for you in God. He's not done with you. He's not going to abandon you. The devil has lied to you. Amen. And truth will always set you free. Praise God. Will you stand to your feet today? God is good in this room. Thank you, Heavenly Father. 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 Lord, I love you so much today. I thank you, Lord. Something God said he would do, and I'm so glad he's been doing it for those who will trust him and get in the word of God. He said, I will destroy the snare of the fowler. I'll break it. It won't work. He's going to try to catch you, but I'm going to break it. And the fowler was trying to catch a wild bird, a wild pheasant. He wasn't shooting it with a gun or a bow and an arrow. He was trapping it. And you can't even leave your scent on the bait because if that bird gets a hold of that scent, they can. that's why they tell you don't mess with the bird nest because they, they might abandon it because they've got your human scent. That's danger to them. devil don't want to leave his scent on his traps. God said, not only will I reveal it to you, I'll break that sucker. You, you've seen some of the crude traps where there's a box with a stick on it holding it up and there's bait under the box. And when the bird comes down to get the bait, you're hidden in the bushes. You pull the string. You've covered, by the way, the string with leaves. So nothing is scary. Everything looks normal and safe. So the wary bird, wary as he is, comes down to get that seed. And when he does, you pull the stick, the box falls, and the bird is trapped. And you know what God said? He said, I will reveal to you the trick and the trap he's got waiting for you. And I will destroy the snare of the fowler. I'm going to bust that. Th- whatever's trying to get in your marriage, tear you apart. He said, I'm going to tear it apart. Amen. I'm going to show you what he's trying to do. Divide and conquer. You're not going to let, you're going to forgive. You're going to not let the enemy get in that thing. Praise God. And you're going to go on. Hallelujah. Did you get something out of this teaching today? Something practical and personal. It's going to help you. You're going to be a better Christian when you leave here than when you walked in. Amen. Don't make me have to preach again. Amen. All right. (laughs) Y'all getting hungry too. I can tell. Let's pray together. Let's help each other overcome. Let's draw, uh, let's, let's circle the wagons around God's great truth and let's stand up for Jesus. Heavenly Father, I thank you today. When the attack is coming so strong, here it is Christmas, and the world is upset, and the devil is upset, because Jesus is Lord. Hallelujah. Jesus is Lord. He don't like it, but that's the truth of it. Jesus is still Lord of all. And Father, I pray that this Christmas season, that everything will backfire. By the way, the mayor 
stepped away from that commitment. <laughs> Instead of doubling down, had to step away and said, you know something? There's just too many people upset about this. We're going to have a Christmas parade. Hallelujah. All right. Let the Christian faith have a place in our culture. Let the Christian faith have a place. Can you say amen? Because the silent majority out here of Christians that could turn the vote in, in if all of us got together and voted on that, that, that reflects the kingdom of God instead of the kingdom of this world, we could see some changes in America. It can't all come politically, but if Christians don't wake up, we can't even have a revival. If Christians don't stand up, we can't have a witness for Jesus. Can you say, man, so stand up, stand up, you soldiers of the cross. Hallelujah. How many committed to say, I'm going to stand up for God. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. More committed than ever before. Lord, bless this congregation. Show everyone in this room the snare of the fowler. And break the snare. Hallelujah. So that every deceit, every, every deception of the devil is revealed by your truth. Hallelujah. And help us to live an overcoming, victorious life. And bless us as a, as a nation. Not just, just America. America is no longer deserving of that kind of blessing she once was. But there's enough of us here. Hallelujah. We haven't abandoned and we haven't left you, Lord. We're standing for you. Help us to be a blessing. Open doors for your people here. Bless us. Set us apart. Show the world that you have a people and that we have a God. And he's the true and the living God. In Jesus' name. And everyone said amen and amen. Shake hands with somebody. And tell them you look like a victor instead of a victim. Can you say amen? Will you say that to them before you leave?